Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you'll tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode 41, is called, When Christ Was Born, The Situation Was Normal. Well, it's good to know that when the most astounding thing that has ever happened in this world happened, when God became man, the situation was normal, even though his entrance was anything but that. And we'll talk about that in just a bit. My kids tell me that I'm younger now than I was when they were growing up. I think childish may be what they have in mind. I prefer to think in terms of younger. I remember a few years ago, sitting under the glow of Christmas lights in my shed-slash-greenhouse-slash-man cave. I've always loved Christmas, and that hasn't changed. I may love it in some different ways, but a lot of the joy and a lot of the things that bring the joy are still there. And of course, all of it is centered in the reason for joy with a capital J, what God has done for us by sending his son. Well, one year, quite a while back now, I was sitting there, yes, in my shed greenhouse man cave. I'd put the lights up that first Christmas a few years before after my first granddaughter was born. Little granddaughter Brylan loved what she called the farmer house. She is 14 and about to be 15 now. So yeah, it's been a few years. Well, I left those lights up. I promise some of them are still there. I need to change them out. I need to add a few. I burn them still during the Advent Christmas seasons or whenever a grandchild is here. One of the first words I ever heard the second little beauty utter was lights. As she pointed upward, and then fell asleep in my arms as we lounged in a bag chair one evening in the shed. Oh, there's some great Christmas memories there. And here in Brindley, say, lights out there was just one of the many beautiful memories I have from our shed out there. It's also at various times been a magic fairy princess castle. It's been the farmer house. It's been so many places. Some of them were borrowed from Narnia, some of them from Middle Earth. We've told lots of neat stories out there. We've fought a few orcs out there. But one of the best things that happens out there is when the switch is flipped and those Christmas lights go on. I sure do like it. And every one of the grandkids has liked it a good bit too. Yeah, it lights me up. Did I mention that my kids say that I may be getting younger now than I was when they were growing up? Yeah, maybe childish is what they have in mind. Younger is what I hope is true. The grandkids, oh, they make you younger. And what a wonderful part of Christmas they are. And yes, what a big part to me always the lights of Christmas have been. I guess it was a pretty big deal to God, too. The wise men saw that star in the east, that great shining light. And they followed it and they came and worshipped the Christ child. Yeah, it was a big deal to God. John 1, verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone 
was coming into the world. Oh, about once or twice, maybe three times a decade or so, maybe a little bit more often, but not enough more often for me to get a whole lot better at it. I wax a little bit poetic, and that happened this week, a very little bit. This poem needs a lot of work, but I wrote it earlier in the week, and I might as well share it with you now. It's about light, and I'm looking out, and I'm seeing all the Christmas lights going up. I'm seeing the beautiful night being lit up by these great decorations, and I know what it's all about. And so I thought I'd just write a little bit about the light. It's the light, you know. Twirling, swirling, splash, silvering, crisp snow below. Liquid luminescence and stardust inadvertently shed by pirouetting angels in the sky above the Christ child's head. They fly, as has been said, by taking themselves lightly. Ah, the delight, such glory and brightness, or that rude baby king-sized bed. And look, nestled warm in the hay below as the Christmas angels sing, Silver-tipped tongues of light hailing the king, he lies slumbering, the truth, the light, the way. Swaddled against the cold of the night, whiffling and sleeping, the babe sweetly sighs, and on and on the angels dance, and dark gives way to love light, and heaven's glory shimmers and shines, and joy, the angel's light essence, washes over all in his sweet presence. Yes, it's the light, you know. Well, it's not that great a poem. Not that great a poem is the only kind of poetry I ever write. But I thought that one, at least, might point a little bit, oh no, I'm going to rhyme here, toward the light. Somebody help me. Get me out of this loop. Uh, I beg pardon. Anyway, light is a big part of the season, isn't it? I love the lights and the light of Christmas. I love the light that they point to, and all of God's joy and beauty. Oh, there's so many glimmers still here, even in a fallen world. All of God's joy and beauty, every little facet of it, points to the light of the world and reminds us that one day all darkness will be banished. I hope that we can remember that. It's important to remember that. Maybe Christmas reminds us, oh, I hope it does, that Christ was sent into this world to banish the darkness. He is our hope. He is our light. Last week, my little brother sent me a text with a picture attached, and he just showed me the lights that he lights up every year. And I recognize those lights. Now, he lights up lots of lights every year, but this is a string of lights, maybe about nine of them. The strings... The electric wires are just about the size of cables. The lights themselves, the bulbs, are huge. They're those, well, they're huge by modern, you know, twinkle light standards or LED light standards. I can't remember the formal name of their exact size. They're big, and they have an old look about them, and well, they should. He figures they're almost 80 years old. Now, I tried to figure that out. I am not almost 80 years old. Jim is two years younger, but we have some brothers. And so I guess if mom and dad had those lights before or about the time that our older brothers were born and then our sister later, 
If mom and dad had those lights way back when and used them to help decorate the house, and they were still around when Jim and I were born, and that was over 60 years ago, yes, I do admit that rather quickly, maybe they are pushing 80 years old because that is a string of the lights that we had. And so once every year, Jim will hang those on the mantel over his fireplace and he will plug them in just for a few moments in a sort of memorial sacred service to Christmases past and to the Christmases of our memory. He plugs them in and they shine just for a while and then he unplugs them because, hey, those lights really have been around a while and they might need to be treated kind of tenderly. I promise the memories associated with them are tender and wonderful and beautiful. I'm thankful for those memories. Most of all, I'm thankful for the light of Christ that never goes out and only shines more brightly as we come to realize more and more what that great light means to all of us and the great hope that it portends for all of the world for all of eternity. Amazing. It's the light, you know. Before we go on, just a little bit of an ad here, and a very little bit of an ad it will be. I guess I should remind you that if you're interested in some Christmas music, oh, I love the music of the season, you might just run over to my website, www.curtisshelburn.com. No space between Curtis and Shelburne. Shelburne has an E on it. You might run over there and check out some of the music you'll find there. Among a number of different types of good music, I think, you'll find some Christmas music. One Christmas Night is the name of one of the albums, and you can order the album there. You can download the album there. You can download different songs from the album there. You can certainly listen to samples of that album and all of the other music that uh, I've done over the years. And so that's there. And I would love to just point out a little bit here that one Christmas night might be some great music for you to enjoy this Christmas and some Christmases way, I hope, into the future. It's there, www.curtisshelburn.com, along with a lot of free stuff, not least of which is a list of these podcasts. And you can click on any one of them that we've done, 41 now, and listen and see what you think. Invite somebody to join you. I would love to see this grow, and it is growing a little bit along. I'm thankful for that. Thanks for going over and visiting www.curtisshelburn.com. And may I just say that suddenly there springs into my mind the name of a song there. Oh, you can find this one there too. And I wish for you and yours that you may have yourself a merry little Christmas. I really do. And now, let's focus on faith. When Christ was born, the situation was normal. It really was. In some ways, the world was just a few minutes before the birth of Christ in that Bethlehem stable, almost exactly the same as the world was just a few moments after his birth. The state of the stable and the inn out in front of it, and Bethlehem, and Judea, and Rome, and the whole wide world was pretty much the same. As they say in the military, well, sort of as they say, it was one big snafu 
The situation was absolutely normal. It was all fouled up. The government was pretty much like governments have always been, happiest when people are standing in long lines, getting crunched by bureaucracy, and about to be burdened by one more tax to keep the crunching wheels crunching. Yeah, let's give more and more stuff to the government. Joseph's probably been working his fingers to the bone trying to make a living, and now he gets to take days and weeks and maybe even months off, all of which is death to productivity and income, so the bureaucrats can fill out one more form with his and Mary's name on it. Now he'll have more taxes to pay and less money to pay them with. Actually, all of this stuff with Mary had pretty well sapped him lately of much ability to concentrate and work very effectively anyway. First he was so shocked and perplexed that he didn't know how to feel. Then he was worried sick. And then he got the visit from the angel. Yes, that was a wonderful thing, a marvelous comfort, an amazing experience. But if you think a vision of an angel, a dream of an angel, seeing an angel, however the angel appears, if you think seeing one, even with good news, isn't incredibly unsettling, it's obviously been a day or two since you've seen one. Then the tired carpenter gets to make the trip to Bethlehem with his very pregnant wife, who is simply exhausted not to mention enormous, and well along toward D-Day by the time they get there. No cheap tickets left on Mideast Airlines, no tickets at all. So they get to go by donkey, which hospitals' OB departments ought to keep tied out by their parking lots. They're cheaper than IVs and Pitocin drips and are pretty much guaranteed to get things going. Mary's just about had it, literally. But they get to the Bethlehem Inn, and the place is overbooked. They end up stuck out in the stable, stomping around in the straw, which Joseph knows will have his allergies in full bloom before you can say Geschundheit. And then, Mary's birth pains are becoming very regular. Even first-century folks don't need the New England Journal of Medicine to tell them what that means. This baby is coming. And he's coming right here, right now, ready or not, Joseph, in barn straw that was the real thing, not sanitized stuff for a manger scene. The situation in the world and in that Bethlehem stable that night was normal. The same as usual in so many ways, fouled up with lots going wrong. But with the baby's first cry, the world would never be the same and the situation would be forever changed, and God was making sure that one day all that is wrong with this world could be made right. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day. And if I don't get to tell you again, have a wonderful Christmas.